getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Uh, we are going to look back on what a week. Um, we are going to look back briefly uh, on the Fulham game that there's nothing on. We will look ahead to the Everton game that's on tomorrow night. Um, I'm away for the weekend, hence why we're doing it a day early. More importantly, the Arsenal fans forum uh, that Josh Conkey uh, was in attendance for, for today, as was I. Uh, we um, Quite a lot of us will have had seen plenty of bits and pieces flying around on Twitter. got sound, sound bites and some people got... So, um, yeah, um, so we're going to talk about that. First of all, um, I will say, Trevor, how are you, as always? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm still in a bit of shock, Fergus. It's, uh, it's, it's been a big few days, and shit. Every, every five minutes, I've seen myself taking a different view and a, and a different perspective of my own. All thoughts are the same, but every five minutes I see myself take looking at it from a different perspective, thinking of different things, getting angry, and then thinking, okay, we'll sort it, then getting angry again. It's been a horrible few days, mate, a horrible few days, because right at the basis of it is a football club that we all love, and a football club that we all love was very nearly had its soul sold from under its feet. We very nearly sold our soul. Thank God for fans of all teams. Even that mob up the road. Thank God for fans and not greedy owners. More to say in a minute, mate. I'm, I'm gutted. Mem, welcome to the You're show. Right, Meg. How are you? Chatted in the week, and it, it, it just shows. And this is what's going to be good about uh, this: is the the different views that people will have, and the yeah. different angles that everyone will have on it. Yes, I think uh, that's fundamentally that people don't like the the idea of the ESL itself, maybe, but or the way it was gone about, but. We'll talk about it in more detail. We uh, will. Tea, how are you? Uh, plug in your mic again. It's coming from the side. Calling Big T. <laughs> oh, Earth calling Tony. Shrimp. Earth calling Tony. Good evening, gentlemen. Are you all right? <laughs> yes, we are. Thank yeah, you. Good. Just... Thank you. And Trevor, sorry, I forgot about you. <laughs> I'm not swearing tonight. I'm not swearing tonight. We'll discuss it tomorrow night, big fella. Big fella. I look forward to it, my friend. <laughs> um, and yeah, absolutely, uh, from stateside, uh, Washington in America, Magic Mike has gone to seed. It's not like it was in the 90s anymore. Uh, we got Mike Feinberg there. How are you, Mike? Totally, uh, totally yank uh, podcast today. This is the first time I've ever seen Tony not at the 12 pins, I think. I mean, I don't. I almost don't recognize him because I'm also only seeing like the top one percent of his body. So, so uh, but uh, always nice to be on. And and uh, yeah, I've been scouring the the Twitter and and uh, trying to learn as much as I can about this because I have been in a situation where I've watched and listened directly to to Josh in a room. And uh, and now, Fergus, you know what that's like, and and I'm interested in your thoughts about it because. Um, what what he says is not always what he does, as I found out. Listen, and I'll just uh, be trolls as put in the comment that he's not supporting a uh, cronky out group. Um, this isn't going to be necessarily a cronky out conversation. Uh, that's for tomorrow at the stadium. This is about a debate about what Josh Cronky said to the fans. 
uh, what Vinay, I'm not going to pronounce his surname, um, said to uh, the fans and what the fans said, the people who represented the fans and the various fans groups said to um, said to 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 us. Uh, I had the pleasure to be standing in for a friend of the show, Dave Hurl. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it moved all over the place. I think it was almost a diversionary tactic that it was originally eight o'clock tonight. Then it was nine o'clock. Then it was four thirty. And I, my, my my thoughts on that were probably, if they moved to four thirty, people were still at work and people couldn't do certain things. So yeah, um, who wants to go first, Mike? I'll go to you first because you said you had the experience of talking uh, to to Josh before and get excited. He got you excited, didn't he? Oh, back you know, get, get excited wasn't part of that that press conference, but it was around the same time. And and you know the. The whole thing about Sunday to today for me has been a little paradoxical because, you know, for, for two days, I've been telling people for Sunday to Tuesday, I was pissed off. I was proper, uh, you know, upset about this, but like not freaking out, not tweeting out that my days with Arsenal are done. Not, I'm trying not to kind of go overboard with this because so much was still left to be determined. So much was still left to be overridden. So much was left to be explained. Um, clearly, if you listen to Florentino Perez in his interviews last night and you listen to uh, club owners, you're hearing two completely different sides of the story and the truth is probably somewhere in between. So my my main focus was not to overreact, but you know to not be happy about this development at all. Once we pulled out and they released that statement, that's when I got fucked off. Uh, by this entire thing, because, you know, and from what I've seen, some of these things were addressed today, but, but like just the, 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 oh my God, we made a mistake. We didn't know fact of it uncovers so many deeper problems that in the way that this club's been run in the way that this club is being run. And, you know, now I'm seething about it because they could, they, they absolutely could have known to avoid this and they didn't. Um, Trevor, fan going, uh, player, season ticket holder, you're meeting up with Big T tomorrow for a coffee in, uh, maybe in the yeah. library and Emirates region. Yeah. Make sure you bring your wallet, will you, Trev? What's your thoughts on what's happened this week? What's your thoughts about, um, uh, I know you've just got in from work, so you haven't seen loads of the stuff that's well, been going on about uh, yeah. Josh and, and, and the forum. Look, look, Fergus, right, look, right. What's going to happen tomorrow, hopefully, with this, with this, um, with all these fans going to the Emirates? It's not about the Super League, right? The Super League has been the trigger that started this off. This has been going on for a long time, all us Arsenal fans. It's been a build-up and a build-up and a build-up. And and, and and I've been on the fence about times, if I'm honest, but this week has totally pushed me over. Pushed me over the top, mate, and, and, and I want the fan. I don't only want Kroenke gone. I want all of these rich overseas owners gone that have tried to bully us. Trust me, they may all be making apologies now, some better than others, but... If you hadn't been Frost fans standing up and being counted, not one apology would you have got, right? They were hoping for emotional blackmail. They were hoping 
for emotional blackmail. They do what they want. They do what they like. They do it when they like. We'll all kick off a bit. But deep down, we all love the Arsenal. To coin old Bobby Robson's words, God rest his soul, proper man of football. When you're a young kid, you walk into the ground for the first time and you see that green patch of grass and without being able to do anything about it, without being able to do anything about it, all hopelessly in love, hopelessly in love. You can't ever break that. People laugh at us football fans for that, but that's how we are. And until we get, until we get owners in this country that love their football clubs, we're going to be fighting this because this isn't the end. This is the start, right? The I think the I'll, I'll stop in a second, Fergus, because I'm making lots of points. But this doesn't just stop by getting rid of these owners. The government's got to step in. We've got to somehow sort out the big, big money, the billions and billions, and even if we have to write it off and start again. The key is the people in football clubs in this country that love the football clubs and love the game. We don't have that. We don't have that. They may say they do, but us fans know that they don't. The, the thought of doing away with the football pyramid... The football pyramid, which is what the game is about, it's the ethos of football, is that small clubs like Stoke, Burnley, Uddersfield, Watford, Middlesbrough, Tottenham, they've all got a chance of winning if they get lucky. That is the whole ethos of football. And for them to say, also everyone, we're going to have our 12 clubs and we can all be crap, but it don't matter. We, it, it, it's got to stop and we're stopping it. We're stopping it. But this is only the beginning of the fight. The beginning of the fight, Fergus. <clears throat> Mem, um, we yeah, chat, Trev, as I said, yeah. in the week, and I know your opinion varies and changes at, at different mm. times, but your love for the club doesn't. So, go on. No, Trev, never will. Trev, Trev made a lovely point about walking to the ground for the first time. I remember it like yesterday, mate. It will yep. never leave me, and you're absolutely right. Um, Mike um, hit the nail on the head for me. I, I don't, as Fergus knows, I, I, I don't follow any of the online. I don't have time to, to be fair, lads. I'm just so double busy. Um, I was intrigued to hear more detail. When we spoke earlier in the week, Fergus, I was just, oh, okay, well, let's see how this thing pans out. We need more information. It's not the first time it's read its, um, uh, its face. It's been spoken and discussed for probably quite a, a number of years now. And I don't think it's going to go away, if I, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to go away. And I think something will uh, develop. It's inevitable. One of the lads on the WhatsApp group used the term and a word called evolution, yeah? Um, it's all unraveled ever so quickly. It's kind of like unraveled before it even got going. Um, and I don't know anything any different now than what I knew before last Sunday regarding the ownership of our beloved football club, Yeah. I've never been a lover of uh, Cronkite. The, the man, he can't even actually, has he ever visited our ground? Has he ever been inside of our stadium? Yeah, 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 he has. He, has. And he, uh, he, yeah. he quoted being at Baku uh, and enjoying uh, his time at Baku, which was, sorry. That to was Josh, not them, Stan. But, sorry, that, I mean, yeah, sorry, Josh. Uh, yeah. No, I'm t I mean, Trevor made the point about getting these owners. I, I, I can't see how, I can't. You get these guys out, who are going to get in in return? Who, what do you know what you're going to get? You just don't know if you're opening up a different can of worms. 
it's just the way football in general has gone worldwide and I don't think it's going to go away and whether it's in the next year or two or within the next four or five years, this is going to happen in one shape, form or another. It's going to happen. What I said to you earlier in the week, I just want to know more about it. I just want more detail. What, what are they talking about at this league? How does it work with the Champions League? What happens to the domestic competitions? Um, well, I, I don't know. It, 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 that, that league is now dead, buried. Um, Vinay uh, confirmed in the meeting last uh, this afternoon that the contracts have been unravelled. Uh, the will it will not be going ahead. Um, they Vinay apologised and was very apologetic and came across reasonably genuine. Uh, Josh um, talked about being a leader and how he leads men uh, and. Um, he said his motivation behind why uh, the motivation behind them, both of them quoted and said this, the motivation behind them entering into this league was which was worse, a Super League without uh, a Super League or a Super League without Arsenal. And he then went on to say um, that at all points he had the fans uh, uh, interest at heart. And he mm. was questioned then uh, several times. Why didn't he get the uh, fans involved, Mike? I know you. You just um, before moving on, I just wanted. To get... to, sorry, Ferg. I just wanted to finish up by saying, yeah, um, UEFA and FIFA haven't exactly done a sterling job with running football worldwide. I'd like to add, yeah, and they're hypocrites, um, mate. They're absolute hypocrites, and the only reason they've kicked up such a fuss is because they didn't think of this and they're being left behind. All they're thinking Thank about you. is the money that they're going to lose. That's all it's because said. if they That's come up with about. the idea, they wouldn't be getting on the on the bandwagon. There you go. Up the there you go. I don't think FIFA or UEFA cover themselves in glory in any aspect of um, of, of football. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I think they're all sideswiped, man. If I, if I'm honest, I, th I think this was organised and and this was done uh, behind cl closed doors over the last few years, um, and I think it took them slightly by surprise that they were consulted further. Um, Mike, you managed to uh, get to um, get lots of clips off of the show. Uh, did, what did you make of uh, the show? Know, the show. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. It's always a show, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, it was a little bit. Um, what, what did you make of uh, Josh saying that you know he he had the fat? Asked themselves what what they uh, what they did for the fans. They wanted to do it for the fans, um, and then he quoted. Uh, a banner that he saw outside Stamford Bridge. We still want our cold night in Stoke. I thought at that point I was going to vomit. Well, you know, the transcripts are pretty clear. Stoke. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, th yeah, that might not have been the best example, especially considering Stoke are, uh, are not in the Premier League anymore. But the... Uh, and the, Stoke aren't our favourite uh, favorite team to play against. Are they? No. Like, you know, we, the rugby team, uh, you know, yeah, there's no there's you, history there. You, using that cold night in Stoke about whether Messi would survive in the Premier League wasn't necessarily the best example to then use about fans, what they want to do and where they want to go. But um, I, I I don't like how he, he compartmentalized fans into almost three categories. And and you can do that in certain times. You could, you know, he, he, he was like global Europe and English. And they basically saying, I understand, you know, I understand that the global people want Arsenal versus Barcelona every week. Well, sorry, I almost did it again. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, that may be true about some, but again, you're, you're, you're mis misinterpreting the global fan base. Number one, number two, 
you know, English fans are the only ones that want, you know, the cold night in Stoke. They want that. I mean, that's a, that's a English fans have been ignored and, and taken for granted by Kroenke by, by far the worst out of any section of our fan base right now. Um, and, you know, so it's worst. It, it's the worst possible thing you could do to have failed to read the room with your English London Islington home and away supporters. And this is not, you know, uh, an argument about whether, you know, who's more important or who, you know, to to the club, to its history, or to the Cronkies from a financial standpoint. This is about understanding the dynamics and their complete failure to do that. Um, and, you know, in, in some way, I, I get, and and you could tell he was really kind of inherent on, on posing this as something that came up quickly, was rushed. They had no choice of, of of either. It was the choice was either do it or get left behind. You know, and I know that this has been and and it was Akil, I think, from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. One of his first comments, I think, he said was, "You knew for two, three, four years of the minutes of all these forums that has been saying we do not want to be in a um, a European Super League. We do not want to break up the pyramid." He said, "Why didn't you just read the minutes?" I'm I'm not. Uh, quote him exactly right but he fundamentally said why didn't you uh, yeah. read the minutes um uh, tony um he also said he didn't intend to harm the premier league he wanted to maximize the the premier league this is josh himself and he also said he wanted to stabilize the pyramid do you think he would have achieved that by going into the european super league uh i'm not so sure mate um a lot of people call these these owners stupid that's something we shouldn't call them because ultimately they're billionaires for a reason. They're businessmen. Um, I think they knew exactly what they were going to get when that, when they done this. But ultimately, I don't think they cared. I they they really didn't care. They thought they was above and beyond, and they they thought they were far bigger than, than football in general. Uh, and ultimately, football, uh, most importantly, football fans, they get back and they they weren't standing for it. Um, I think what Mem's saying is bang on. I don't think this is the end of it. I do think they will. Have, I do think they will. Um, I do think they will come back with something else, and I, I get that football evolves. But ultimately, this this European Super League was, was nothing more than a circus, a freak show, um, really only only to, to serve one person its purpose, and that was to line the pockets of each and every one of those owners. Um, nothing more and nothing less. Um, I mean, in terms of obviously the Cronkies, um, I, I don't think they're fit for purpose. I don't. I don't particularly like them. I don't think they're good for Arsenal. Uh, and I've just got a quote here, which which Simon Jordan. I know a lot of people don't don't like Simon Jordan, but I'm a, actually a big fan of his. And I think a lot of what he says about football, Premier League in general, is he, spot on. Now he said that when when Stan Kroenke walked through the door at Arsenal, they were the most profitable football club in in world football. Look at the erosion of their club because they he really doesn't care about a successful one. Now when you look at the decline we've had under under Kroenke KSE, it's for all to see. We're we're only going one in one direction ourselves. Um, I don't buy anything that he said today in, in the meeting, in the forum. I haven't read every single bit of the transcript, so I'm not going not gonna to quote word for word or anything. The, the, but the official, the, the official transcript will be out, as I said, within 24 hours, but I know there's lots of people like Mike who've been able to get lots and lots of information. Yeah. Uh, I've been fitting it together I, like a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I, followed, I followed, obviously, the tweets and the comments that uh, I think was Red Action was, was putting on Twitter, yeah. so I was, I was seeing bits and pieces. But I've not seen the full transcript. So, um, But the bits I have seen, the bits, the, the quotes I have seen, it just furthers my... 
I just yeah. don't trust them. I don't like them. I don't I don't see them fit for purpose for Arsenal Football Club. And at the first opportunity, I think they'll do this again. Not just our owners, but but the the, the six greedy owners um, in the Premier League. It's not just six, though, Tony. Either it's not six. They're in Europe. They're in mainland Europe as well. Mate, so there's no, more no, than I totally six. Agree. Do you know yeah, what many well, clubs in cahoots? You know what? Do you know another thing that's really bugged me? Right, is is, is all these other clubs uh, and owners coming out saying it's a disgrace. Isn't it? I'm telling you now, if they were given the opportunity, the likes of Everton, Leicester, and all that, if they were given the opportunity. What you they, you reckon they would would turn it down and say no to you know a couple of bucks here and there? No, they wouldn't. The only reason they've got the, their backs up is because they wasn't invited. Well, that is the reason because I'm telling you, any owner right. in well football given the opportunity would take it. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But a bit like there is a quote Arsenal said. We was, you know, saying about on a platform when the train was pulling away, so we decided to jump on it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where if you don't get on it, you are going to be left behind. And as much as us fans hate it, it's, I mean, you said it, you know, football evolves. We don't like yeah. it. But as a business point of view, which it is still a business, I just wish they would have consulted the fans first because yeah, I, I yeah, think Defo, but you made a really valid point there. How would us Arsenal fans have felt had we, ha, let's say it had been announced on Sunday. Yeah. And it was only five clubs from this country, and we were admitted. How would us, our, the, the real hardcore Arsenal fans, they, they'd have just gone off their heads right. equally as much as they have done these past two, three days? No, no, fans I, are, I, it's not just well, Arsenal well, fans as well, guys. I feel like I feel like that one on um, on question time at the minute. <laughs> there is a question in, in the chat, which is very <laughs> much what you said there, Matt. Uh, how would you gentlemen feel if DSC ESL was moving forward and we weren't a lot uh, weren't part of it uh, with the other English clubs? Because um, we might get top four. Look. <laughs> Fergus, Fergus. Trev, Trev, you've been quiet for a bit. I, I'm at really least, at least top six. <laughs> well, yeah, but with ESL, for, we get guarantee for, Europe every year. Oh. I'm Guys, waiting for Ferguson down, men to take a breath so I can get a word in. I'm surprised they can still. I'm surprised they've not passed out through lack of oxygen because they've not stopped talking <laughs> and took a breath. Listen, listen. That is the only, the only valid point. The only thing that does play on your mind, and and I thought I'd thought about it, and, and it's obviously been mentioned, is that how would we have felt if the Super League had got ahead and the Cronkies had come. We turned it down. We didn't want to go in it. But listen, let's leave that behind, right? Because that's about the only thing yep. that I can think of that that, that, make, that takes me off the off off of what we're focusing on now. The, these people, right? These people are businessmen, right? They're businessmen. So what they've done here is they've took a chance. They've all they've, they've been, this ain't been done overnight. It's been planned for years. These businessmen have been together for years and years planning this. Super League breakaway, right? And they've took a chance. They thought, if we get away with it, our coffers are bigger, <laughs> our bank accounts are bigger, we have more money. And um, but but they've not got away with it. But they're businessmen. So what have they lost? They've lost face. They've lost face. They've not lost anything. You know, True, the club might have lost a few million, but that won't come out of their pockets. Well, you've cut me off every 10 seconds, so, so you might as well start again now. <laughs> Just with what you're um, alluding to there, do you think this was all planned, obviously, over the last few months with COVID and obviously no fans at the stadium? Do you think they've 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 got together and thought, you know what, if we're going to do that, this is a perfect time because fans won't be able to respond, we'll be able to just sort of mute them on, right. on social media? Um, because obviously the, the out... The, uh, the the rage and, and 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 obviously complete hatred for these owners. You imagine if there's sixty thousand Arsenal fans in there week in week out at the moment. Do you think they would have done it right now, or do you think they've carefully planned? 
you couldn't three years ago you couldn't have carefully planned to do it around covid but over the last 12 months you thought this is the perfect opportunity to try and do it no i don't think they give a damn about things like covid i don't think anything other than pounds or dollar signs matters to them the the, the right, what's, this was what, the opportunity really to be able to do that nah it's a good chat tone what's yeah. really shocking, right? no i don't think they do they don't and, and listen right and and the answers to this, right, I don't know how we answer this because as you boys have rightly said, right, FIFA and UEFA are no better. Blatter, Platini, oh. they've all been taken, they've all been prosecuted. Where's the next World Cup? Don't tell me that that's in that Qatar on merit. So football is rotten to the core. It's rotten beyond these big owners. It's rotten beyond FIFA and UEFA. It is rotten to the core. And the only thing that's going to fix it is extremes. Is if they start thinking we, we've got to put the money thing to one side and we go to extremes. I don't know what extremes they are. I'm not clever enough to know that. But I honestly think maybe, maybe, maybe they did plan it around COVID. But honestly, they thought maybe they thought the fans wouldn't be there. But they've had the shock of their lives because they've actually, if they had planned it around COVID, they've played into our hands, haven't they? Because we've gone from nothing. Tomorrow night, there'll be a good turnout at the Emirates. You know, there was a good turnout at Chelsea on Monday. They got their point across. There was 12 people outside YR Lane last night, which is probably double their average crowd. You know, so we are, we are, we, we actually use COVID to the fans' benefit here because it's gone from nothing to, to mental. It's going to be mental tomorrow the, night. The entire European going. social, the entire, the entire European, uh, uh, league was planned during one of the hiccups in Trev's internet connection. I mean, the whole, the, the whole thing occurred from start to finish. Obviously, when, when I said to you planned around COVID, what I meant was, do you think obviously having this idea that they've just rushed it through because the timing, I don't think was great. Um, and obviously like, like Trev's alluded to, he sort of played into the fans hand a bit because um, ultimately the, you know, the, the outrage from fans worldwide was, was something that I don't think, even us yeah. as fans would expect it. We came United. But do you also think that the, the outrage as well is because it's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back? Do you think it's got to the point where fans yeah, have simply absolutely. gone, do you know what, we're at after taking the piece? Can, so I'll tell you I, what, it's gone, man. Can I throw something I need to throw this in. Is it significant that Manchester City and Chelsea were the first of the six to... to is that of any significance at all? They don't need it the, as much as the other clubs do. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. It's mm, all they about it. They'll, st they'll still buy Galacticos, whether the TV got it, man. cut in half or not. It, you got there's it. There's a few people in the chat that are mentioning that you know this is a this is um, like Heath has mentioned. They'll do it again. Um, it was it, it was asked of Josh. Um, the the exact quote I, I haven't got, but it was Akil from AST again. Um, asked, are we still contracted to ESL, which we are, and, and, and we're bre uh, breaking those contracts legally. Um, who's liable for the costs? Because there's a, a, a tremendous amount of costs behind this, and KSC are, are taking all the costs for that. And they were asked, are they looking for another? Yeah, I know. Well done, Tony, isn't it? Yeah. And they were asked, are they looking for um, uh, to go into a, a new version of this? And they said, there's no plans uh, for that. They didn't, they didn't what he, what he said, deny it. What he said, Fergus, was, as currently constructed, we will not entertain a plan like this before. He was very, very careful to say, as currently constructed. That yeah, leaves open pretty much any agent else. 
Mm. Listen, it will definitely Fergus, be revisited because, like Mem's already alluded to, football evolves, things evolve. And, uh, and, and the web... Have you guys seen the numbers? Have you guys seen the numbers if, they're, they're, talking they're, about? If, they're, if they're going to foot the bill for this, if they're going to foot the bill for this, the Cronkies, where do you think the money's coming from? Where do you think the money goes into KSE to foot the bill? It comes from us. They yeah. don't want us. If, if this Super League had gone through, Coming next from thing Nani. you know, we'd have been playing Real Madrid in Las Vegas. <laughs> we'd have been playing Real Madrid in Las Vegas. They, they don't want me. They don't want me going to the ground and buying a pint and watching the game. They want tourists there that are going to go to a game, spend 500 quid in a club shop, yeah, and line their coffers even more. It's all about money, 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 money. And as long as it continues like that, it will carry on like that. I just... When, when Josh wrote his letter to us, this is how hypocritical the Cronkies are, right? This is how hypocritical the Cronkies are. When Josh wrote his letter to us in 2019, and by the way, promised he would stay in communication we never heard anymore. The very last sentence, right? The very last sentence, right? It says, uh, uh, the proud history of Arsenal Football Club, Victoria Concordia Cresit, for those that don't know, it's victory through harmony, is our club's famous motto and that one that we hold dear to our hearts. Signed, beloved Josh. Go get balls. Go get balls. He says what he needs to say at the time, but these people don't care. These people don't care. We can all talk now. I could talk. Fergus could talk. Mem could talk. Magic Mike could talk. Big T could talk. Bollocks as usual. But we could all talk. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These people don't care. If they get another sniff and another chink in the armour in future, they will be in like shots. They will be in like shot. Don't listen to a word these cronkies say. But do, we need do you know 51% what Trev, fan ownership and British ownership of yeah, every no, club. Agree. Do you know what, though? It, it, something will happen in, in the near future because like, like members alluded to, like I said, it, football does evolve. You know, it happened you know, in, in the early 90s, obviously, with the, the era of the Premier League, and it will evolve again. The difference is, and I think these owners will need to be tread very carefully, because if they go about their business in such a sneaky, snidey, um, greedy way, the backlash could be like something 10 times greater than what he's been there. If they if they do it again, I think they will um, involve uh, involve fans of some some sort, not necessarily, obviously, at, they, you know, obviously, they, level, but they I do asked, think they, they would consult... They were asked several times, Tony, uh, by Barry Dixie of Asia and by Akil um, from AST and a couple of other people um, if their view of having fan representation on the board, not just one fan, but um, a number of fans. Um, it, uh, Akil, was, Akil was very, very, very... He was the first one to come on and he, he went at him basically went straight for his jugular and Stan was not, um, Josh was not happy. Well, it could, it could well be Stan because apparently he speaks for his dad as well. So yeah. He's always um, said that. But, <laughs> oh, did, did Stan actually <laughs> talk to him, does he? No, no, has no. He, has he got a voice? That was another part of the letter, yeah. Ferg. That was another part oh. of that letter in 2019. When you talk to Josh, you talk to Stan. That, that was in words. That's yeah. been written down. We are as one. He's, he's, anyway, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question, Ferg? Listen, who's who's going to play up front tomorrow? We're in we're in big oh, trouble. Wicked, who's wicked, Trev. Tomorrow, seriously, you come on a podcast to talk about football and the game. Oh, we're going to buy about getting cronky out. We bought Mbappe after the press conference today. You didn't hear that? 
I need to. Well, yeah, Josh has bought like, 200 I'm, million. I'm, I'm sorry. And we've got Neymar coming next week. <laughs> if he bought, if no, he bought that Neymar, Trey, make up for it. Would that just completely? We'd be like, okay, Gronky in. <laughs> we got Neymar. We got Mbappe. Just like Kurtz in the chat saying we're sounding uh, so so so. We need to uh, lighten the mood here a minute, boys. We're not. We're having a debate. No, I just I just want to finish up on this, and then we'll move on to the Everton game, and we'll have uh, our usual bit of laugh and and everything else. So the the last thing was I there was he was going on about the history, the class, and tradition of Arsenal Football Club. He mentioned the tradition, and then he he moved in to that, that the self-sustaining model was all part of that tradition. I subsequently went on and asked them then, um, the, uh, the self-sustaining model is not working. Um, when will you admit it? And when will KSE invest considerable funds? If not, why not just sell? And it was slightly off the ESL thing, but it was more about going back to his letter and going back to what he said. He used. Uh, he was asked why he doesn't get involved more. He used the pandemic, even though he's been an owner of the club for, for 10 years. He used the pandemic to say why he couldn't get to London so often, uh, which was absolutely laughed at. Um, but uh, he, um, he came along and said that football is not a sustainable model on a more global picture. Because, you know, if... If we get rid of Stan, and I, I don't like Stan, and you know, but if we got rid of Stan, if we and who, who's who's going to be the next one in? Who's going to be the next billion pound in? And all of a sudden, a player goes from five hundred thousand to six hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. They get paid a million, a, a billion pound a week. And there's and a crash coming. The, the football is going to go apart. Fergus, the problem is when we talk about <laughs> new owners, etc. It, it, it is a gamble because the next owner could be worse than Stan. It could be better than Stan. We don't know that. Right now, with what we're seeing and what we've seen over the last decade with Cronky and KSC, we're willing to take that gamble. You know, we are willing to take that gamble because when you look at Arsenal Football Club globally, we are still a huge club, and that's been proven by the invite with this, this you know, European Super League, etc. But make no mistake, football as a whole, there is coming a time when that bubble will burst because it cannot sustain yep. the, the the rise it's going because it's only heading in one direction in terms of money, and that's north. And it can't sustain it. Great, and if, if we're still thing. talking about players earning, you know, we're already talking about players earning a million pound a week now. But that can't continue. That, because and that's, if, clubs are, if clubs are only earning 10 billion pound a year, but they're outgoing to 15, 20 billion a pound, you can't sustain it. You can't sustain it over a long television. period. television. Their money comes from television. Television's only going to take losses so much. I mean, there, there's only so much money to draw out of television. So the contracts are not going to continue to get higher. Florentino yeah, Perez... Florentino Perez whining about how much money Real Madrid lost, and he used the pandemic as an excuse. But but you know, isn't he the one that's supposed to help you know make the club profitable and successful under any circumstances? And and I I have a question for you guys, all being English and and you know traditional football fans, and me being the Yank who's I'm Irish, who's, Irish, who's accustomed to this, right? Well, true. Um, sorry about that. But the, uh, the that does have to stop. And you got a Turk on there. It's just an American, just assuming As, we're all the uh, same. Mate. What yeah, a surprise. Yeah. How do you we all, link you, that in? <laughs> you all look alike to me. I, I'm sorry. I can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the, the idea of a salary cap or some sort of constraint on spending is not a popular one in out, you know, outside of the U.S. But of, uh, it, it prevents this unsustainable inflation of player salaries of transfer fees and, you know, 
instead of the top six teams in, or the top two teams in Spain or the top three teams in Italy complaining that it's getting too hard to be a big club, why don't we you know, put in some sort of measure that keeps things sustainable? It doesn't provide parity. It doesn't equalize everybody so that Burnley has the same chance of winning as Man City does, but it, it at least protects the clubs against exactly what they're all talking about. It's like, please save me from myself, almost. Mike, when you say protect clubs, you're absolutely spot on. Because owners will come and go, managers will come and go, players will come and go, but ultimately the fans are going to be there and it's their club. From the day, they, from the day they're born to the day they die, that's their football club. Now, we've seen in recent yeah, times I, clubs go bust because they've not had protection. You know, when, when owners come in and, and, and take over these clubs, there's got to be better checks and regulations to allow these owners on board. Because these clubs have been around for 100 years or, you know, 80, 80 to 100 years, etc. With a long-standing uh, tradition, you know, family ties that go, date all the way back to the beginning. That is lost. And that has been lost with a number of clubs in mm. recent years. And that's not long fair gone. on the fans. Because, man, ultimately, we've the only seen, ones that are going to lose out all the time is the fans. Fans, yeah. I get seen, that. We've seen it at Charlton. We've seen it every other. Trev, you were going to come back in a mic and then I'll go to Mem. Go on. Trev? Yeah, firstly, Mike, have you got the microwave going? Because something's using up all your internet, mate. You keep cutting in and out. So take that water out of the microwave. Listen, boys, the self-sustaining model... He's got a kettle! Mike's got a kettle! <laughs> the self-sustaining model does work. The self-sustaining model... <laughs> Ten minutes later, work, I got a kettle. Right? If people stuck by the rules and people were made to stick by the rules... The self-sustaining model would work. It's as simple as that. You can't argue that fact. But the fact of the matter is, football is that twisted and that bent that they have these rich owners in, and and like the, the this is people don't know Manchester City. A country owns Manchester City, an oil-rich country. Oh, I thought you said something else there for a second. <laughs> billions and billions that, of pounds that, at their disposal. Oh, that's too Manchester mate. City. They're not going to well, right. abide by financial fair play rules, so they should be held to task. If we had they did get done. Fair play rules, Bush, but they didn't know. They got really, away with they? it. They bought their way out of them. That's it. Exactly. That's my point, mate. Yeah. In 2017, how do you, you combat? How do you combat all of this? How do you combat owners that have billions and unbelievable resources behind them to to, to make decisions on football clubs that that to them. Uh, uh, just essentially a business invent investment. Mike touched yeah. on something about TV. TV has so much dictates football so much in the current day, and is going to continue to do so until they say, "No, nah, this ain't working for us now," or we need something new. We need to take something new to our customers. I oh, was this about a European Super League, so yeah. Player uh, wages, player wages, and transfer fees have have indexed exactly along with the television contract renewals. You can see it when a 30 million pound player became a 50 player, million pound player. It was because the TV contract increased by 66%. That is exactly what we've seen. Over, I mean, that's why Aguero only cost you know 35 million when he did in the, in the phase that he was, because the TV contract was a third of what it is now. So, you know, the, the, there is a point at which the bubble will burst and, you know, and, 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 and Arsenal have been, Arsenal been running a way that was preparing themselves to be on top when that happened, and the problem is it's never been made to happen. Had 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 the bubble burst, had financial fair play really been put into to to play with regards to you know sponsorship money being used to increase salaries uh, and wages, 
in 2016, 2017, the new reality would have had Arsenal in the best financial shape of any of these clubs. Great. Um, and, you know, Listen. within the rules and the, and the financial status. It's just that we've, Listen, yeah, we've always played by the rules and no one else hasn't. What, what, I, I know, what but I'd like to do is finish up on this one, Mike. You put in the chat that you wanted to ask me a question. Then I want to go on to the Everton game, unless somebody's got something really burning that they really want to, because this this could go on for hours. And well, you're yeah, you're yeah, one you of could. you're one of maybe a dozen people who actually saw and listened to Josh today, not just read the words. And as someone, you know, and and, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but, you know, look at me. Sorry, but like. I, you know, I've seen that before. I mean, and and then I saw what the transcript and I saw what the tweets were afterwards, having been in the room for an interview with him, having seen what the article headlines were, spin merchant Josh Cronkey's 20, 20 most big, you know, biggest piss takes in the sun, uh, some of the things he said and how much they were taken out of context. It's not a fan's job to worry about our, our transfers. That wasn't what he said or what he meant uh, in that instance, but Oops. That you know his talk about Baku, uh, some things that he said, and I know that the media often looks to try to spin it into the worst possible thing and take him out of context. So, as someone who heard and saw him, saw his face, saw his facial expressions, heard his tone of voice, what was your point of view of his sincerity, his attitude, and whether he was you know taken in a much worse context by people with an agenda, an understandable one? than you know the reality of it because you know no one's posting video or audio of it no well the um first thing that was striking he, he he'd also got a beard uh, uh but he i've he seen uh, those pictures <laughs> much more aged than than i thought uh he did complain about saying he hadn't slept because of all the aggro that's been going on as did vinai uh, vinai came across Good. a really pleasant pleasant guy um but uh, josh I've, i found him very curt um and he cut people off very quick and he didn't give uh, very much of a, a a good answer like when he was asked one word answers and it was almost like somebody got in his dms and said mate you're gonna you're gonna sell this to people and all of a sudden he, he got a little bit more and he's as you said he, he went into the baku uh, scenario the baku story um when i challenged him and i said to him what is ksc's e exit strategy uh, his face turned, and he didn't. He didn't like the question, um, but he then got into business mode, and he said, uh, "We don't have an exit strategy." Long pause because we don't intend on selling. Uh, and then he went, "Oh, that was a really good question. That was a really challenging question, Fergus, to me, and, and that sort of stuff." I'm, I'm glad you asked that, but I think I don't know. It just it was just um, yeah. Look. That's it. Tomorrow, uh, there's quite a few of you. I'm away on holidays, hence why we're doing this podcast uh, about the Everton game um, uh, tonight. Um, a few of you are making your way down. I know, Trev, you're going down to the stadium tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, I've, I've never been a protester. I'm embarrassed to say because I should have done this sooner. But I'll be there tomorrow and I'll be standing tall and I'll be calling for the Cronky family and all of these rich owners. To leave our game alone and get on there. Will anybody in this us. protest be going into the armory and buying new kits and shirts and scarves like the last time there was a protest? You might or... <laughs> <laughs> and Tony, you're heading down there as well, I believe. So any, anything for a free pint, eh? Well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm heading down, planning to meet with Trev, and um, yeah, hopefully he's uh, he's going to bring his wallet, mate. But I have heard rumours from yourself, and um, he's got long pockets. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, and where you're concerned, long. they're longer. <laughs> so don't worry about this. <laughs> so, so Friday night football, we haven't done well on Friday night football at all since this lockdown uh, started. Arsenal will we haven't done well on many dates. <laughs> No, we haven't. In fairness, we're, we're without a Bamiyang. Thursday is the only day that we do well, and barely that. Uh, Odegaard is on like training after an ankle problem. David Luiz is still being assessed, and Kieran Tierney is out. Uh, Calvert Lewin could be back for for Everton. I expect he will be on the bench and not starting. Uh, Trev, Austin. since uh, you were the one to start about this, who do you think we will have up forward against uh, Everton? On on uh, tomorrow evening, I'd like to see Martinelli. I think we'll get Anketia. Um, maybe Balogun might be on the bench, and we might see him a bit late on. But the point I was going to make when asked about the, the game tomorrow, Fergus, is for the first time in a long time, I'm not really infused about it. There's been too much going on this week. There's too much else going around in my head that worries me about the bigger picture of our great club, the Arsenal, the Arsenal. You know, um, so obviously I want us to win. I'm looking forward to the game, but I'm not infused about football at the moment. My club's embarrassed me. My club's embarrassed me greatly, and 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 I. So I don't care. I want us to win. I always want the Arsenal to win. I'm always positive. You know me, but they've got me, Fergus. They've got me, son. I'm really embarrassed and disappointed by Arsenal Football Club. And the way it got its business. I want to put something right. I've seen it on Twitter four or five times today, right? I just, I'm, I'm drifting. I'm sorry, Fergus, but it'll take 10 seconds, I promise. I want to put something right. Two or three people, even more, have put on Twitter today that we were told we left Highbury to be successful, right? We were told we left Highbury to be successful. We weren't told that. We were told we were leaving Highbury because we had to leave Highbury to continue to be successful. We were already successful. We were already the best team in the country. We were already successful at Highbury. We were told we were leaving because we needed to leave. We needed a bigger stadium to continue to be successful. And that was the first of the string of lies that have followed this club since we left Highbury. We've not been anywhere near as successful. It has been a continual, steady decline. And I'm so disappointed in Arsenal Football Club. Not for the decline, but for the way they've took advantage of us fans at every single opportunity. And I'm down about I'm not. I don't really care about tomorrow's game, to be honest. I'm more interested in going to the ground, teaming up with Big Tony and hopefully plenty of others and letting this football club know and letting all football owners know that us, the fans, are not happy and it needs to change. And if they don't change it, then we need to keep on and on. And I will continue. Three-hour journey down tomorrow. Three-hour journey down tomorrow. Three-hour journey back. I'm only going to be there about an hour because I've got to be up early Saturday morning. But I'll be there and I'll stand proud for my football club, the Arsenal. Right, I'm done with it well now, said, I'm sorry. Carry on. Um, but, right, don't be game. sorry, Trev. Don't be sorry, mate. That's um, that's absolutely bang on there. What you've just said, um, yeah, spot on, mate. Well said, yeah. Tony. On the Everton game, would you just rest? Saka? It, Some people are saying in the chat, would you just? Is the league done? Is it all about Thursday? Quick couple um, seconds. Yes, mate. Uh, yes. If I'm honest, similar <laughs> to what Trev just said, I'm not overly fussed about the football tomorrow. Of course, I want us to win. Of course, I want us to win in every game we ever play. But 
tomorrow's not is secondary to, to what is, is the main goal tomorrow. And that's Arsenal fans voicing their frustration, um, their hatred of Conkey, and ultimately their love for their football club. Uh, and I was, I went on a protest once um, about 10 years ago. I only went on one out of the four, I think it was. And the amount of abuse and heckling and, and Mickey taking that those Arsenal fans got for voicing their concerns and frustrations and, and hatred for Conkey then, um, it's taken on a decade for everyone else to see the light. But I am glad that the majority of our fan base have now seen the light. And I'm hoping that everything else that's going on with Arsenal Football Club at the minute needs to be put to one side because our main focus is Cronky and KSE. And that is what we've got to do. We've got to unite. We've got to continue on this momentum. And we've got to do our damnedest and our utmost to try and force this bloke out of the club because he's no good to Arsenal Football Club. And we will continue going south with him at the, with him at the uh, ownership. If nothing else on, comes then. from uh, this European uh, venture this week, then uh, like some sort of body or movement, momentum. I've never been, we discuss it regularly, I've never been a fan of theirs. I think they lack real ambition. They've got little or no love for the football club. And and Trevor posted something months ago that I think, yeah, Hillwood, was it back in 2008, I think it was, when he you was... for your interest in our affairs? going on about keeping the club's custodianship in the hands of Arsenal people. And I'm afraid, um, as well as the steady decline on the pitch, it's probably been heralded by what's been going on upstairs. We've known this for a long time. As for tomorrow night, I always want my team to win. I hope we smash Everton out of sight. I do like Calvert Lewin. Love to see him in a red shirt next season. I think he's really, really solid stuff, but... Everton have got money behind them now as well, haven't they? Um, I was really disappointed. I thought I was going to touch about touch touch on the Fulham game. Was the only thing that was really disappointed about the Fulham game. Yet again, we have an opportunity to close the gaps. I've only got one wish list this season. Love to win the Europa League. Yeah, would love to win that. But I so desperately wanted to finish above Spurs this season. I really, really did. And every time, and it's happened about maybe six, seven, eight times, we've had an opportunity just just to get right on their tails and apply a bit of pressure and then we blow it every single time. And it's so, so frustrating. So, so, uh, it makes me so angry, you know. Um, but then, like, you kind of, like, look at it and you think, that's just so Arsenal at the moment, isn't it? It's like on Thursday night, they play, like, absolute best performance of the season, yeah? And then, like, three days later, they're just totally utterly inept. So... I actually think they're going to turn it on tomorrow night because of what's all been going on for some bizarre reason. I just think we'll get a result. Yeah, uh, in the Fulham game, we had like five shots on target. I think Holding was luck- unlucky. We then uh, conceded a goal late on uh, to get there was eight minutes of added time. I don't know where that came from. Um, and Eddie Nketiah poached a goal. I, I actually quite liked um, Nketiah's goal, Trev. What did you make of his goal? And um, and did you think it was offside because of Holdings' possible interference? Not interference, but obstruction of the of the keeper. Yeah, yeah. I, might have, I thought it was likely to be to be disallowed. The way VAR goes for us, I thought it might be disallowed, but it wasn't. It was a tap in for for Anketia Ferg. That's what it was. He was he's in the right place at the right time, and he's 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 put he scored a tap in. I thought that. I actually thought that at times in the game against Fulham, we were unlucky. But I also thought to myself that 
should we be relying on luck against a team like Fulham? You know, we should be better than that. We should be much better than that. So I thought we were poor. I thought we could have won it on another day, but we didn't. And uh, and we move on. One all. Yeah. And as Mem just said, every time we seem to start getting near that top half a dozen, we drop, a, drop another bad result in there and we're back to square one again. So... I'm not expecting, unless we're in the Europa League, I am not expecting European football next season. Okay, I, I'm with you in that sense. Mike, uh, a few people in the comments have said, and we've touched on it already, uh, you know, combine the Fulham game and the upcoming Everton game, Lacazette was played. Did he need to be played uh, last Sunday? There's plenty of time to rest them. He's now injured and out for the game and the semi final. Uh, and then do you play? Kids, <laughs> the league is. I, I know Truel says it is possible, and I, I think the the teams above us are picking points off each other as well. So I I can't see us moving up the league hugely um, past where we're going to be around the tenth foot mark. So, what were your thoughts on that bit of Fulham and Everton? Uh, you know, I the, I can't see us moving any further up than six, but I do still think that we could end up finishing fifth or sixth. Now that's not me saying that I, I think we should put all our eggs in that basket. It, it's well, I mean, you look at the Manchester city against you know Liverpool that are left. Uh, although that's not been that hard lately, unless you're us. Um, I really want to finish in front of Everton and Spurs, not at the expense of winning the Europa league. And that's where, you know, do you play somebody the Sunday before a Thursday that you absolutely vitally need? Well, we've kind of learned the hard way with Lacazette. That was a, a gamble that went absolutely wrong. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't think we'll see, you know, if, if Odegaard's ready to play, we'll play. This isn't, it's not Thursday, Sunday, it's Sunday, Thursday. There's a bit of a longer turnaround time. And so I don't know if I've just cut out again with my internet or not, but. No, you're okay. Uh, Okay, so I I would still take the league seriously, knowing Mikel Arteta. He's not going to play a weakened lineup. He might rotate, but he's not going to play a lineup that's overtly weak uh, in the league. So he's certainly not going to do that Friday. But all these people whining about Ancelotti and Everton, uh, we've got to finish in front of them. I wanted to to put a hundred quid on the fact that we would do that when we were ten points behind them earlier in the season because I just. Everton seemed to be hitting on all cylinders and the and would end up regressing. Uh, and that seems like they, they've started that already. And then Spurs, I mean, that that is equal to winning Europe is in, in my mind as far as what we need to get done. And it's right there in our grasp. So yeah, I mean I'm I, I like Trev, I've I've lost some interest. I'm not as keyed up in advance of the game as I normally would be, but I'll absolutely be watching. I'll be rooting for us. I'll be excited if we win. I'll be pissed off if we lose. It's just like any other uh, weekend. Yep. And, you know, we'll we, go, yep. we, go, we go again on Friday. Yeah, if you're looking at the Spurs result, there's seven points in it and we've got a game in hand and that's, uh, that's probably the, the, the game uh, tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Um, let's look at uh, score predictions. Um Mem, your score prediction, I haven't even thought about this just yet. Your score prediction. I, I, I honestly, genuinely haven't given it a great deal of thought. We've been discussing um, so many other, um, um, yeah, the debate's been mainly on what's happened in the cup. I just, I just fancy we'll win a, a two or three one. 
unfortunately we won't keep a clean sheet but i think we'll um i think we'll win tomorrow night we normally do well against everton <laughs> and uh tony you're back oh. temporarily it looks like uh is let me get your audio back on oh. you have to unmute yourself back? I was over there, gone. <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry boys the old laptop i haven't got a back angle so the laptop's died that's all right um uh score prediction for tomorrow night Sorry, what did you say as well, Mem? What did you score? I'll go with I'll go with three one. Okay, Tony. Yeah, I think we'll need to win based on based on um, form against Everton, especially at home. I think we'll make it two one. Um, I expect someone like a Pepe, um, Pepe or, or Martinelli to to sort of score the winner um, and sort of be. Be the man of the match. I, I, I just got a feeling that one of those type of guys is going to really produce a performance tomorrow. Mike, uh, score prediction, please. I don't know if we've ever won a game that I've predicted us to win, so I'm not going to start now. Uh, <laughs> one, one one draw. Goal from Balogun. Okay. Um, and Trev, what's your score prediction for tomorrow night then? 15 pints of Guinness and... Um, this, I, I can't drink much tomorrow night because I've, I've got to get home again. But listen, just before I give my score, I've just seen a tweet on Twitter, right, from a good friend of mine at Arsenal, John Williamson, right? He's, he's the biggest Arsenal fan I know. He's huge. He, 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 and and it just, just remember, right, look... Us fans lobby everyone, right? If you happen, if, if there's fans out there that happen to bump into an MP, you ain't got to be horrible. Just remind them that we're not going away. A player, a manager, a coach, an owner, anybody, a local councillor from Islington, if you see them, don't be horrible to them, but just say to them, we've not forgotten, we ain't going away. Keep it fresh in their minds. We must not let this die. We mustn't. And as for the result tomorrow night, 4-0 to the mighty <laughs> Arsenal. You know what, Trev, for once I, I for once I think you might um you might uh you might be quite right because those fan those those players are gonna hear you guys outside the stadium. Six o'clock you're outside the stadium. So well, I, I assume it's gonna be six half six. They're gonna hear that. They're gonna hear what, what you guys are saying. They're in the dressing room, they're all they're, they're getting ready, they're warming up. And, you know, there's no fans inside the stadium, so they'll definitely hear you guys outside. So sing loud, sing proud. Um, it's a shame I can't be there, uh, but my wife um, it comes first uh, in, in this scenario. Unfortunately, we haven't been away for a long, long time, and she's had a very rough winter. Um, oh, Fergus. Oh, go away, Mike. Go away, Mike. Um, guys, you have been watching. Guns Fergus, 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 just go lean on. forward, go on, Here we go. Fergus, just go lean on, forward, Go on, What's Trev. Go on, yeah, he is. Look at that big thumbprint on Fergus's head. Look, big thumbprint right on top of his head. Look at that. Yeah, we know Fergus. Fergus, Fergus, mate, yeah. do yourself a favour. Enjoy your weekend. Get those brownie points, bonus points. You ready for the season, mate? That's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to collect those bonus points. Get the old brownie <laughs> points on the misses. You know that, don't you? Oh, listen to him, Tony. Tony, you can't, you cannot be so. You are so right. What was it? Uh, Thursday night when the semi, uh, the uh, second leg of the quarterfinal was on. I I done my first ever trip to the office since well, I don't know eighteen months or whatever it is, and it felt like a normal day. I got up, okay, it's dressed down and everything. I got in the car two and a half hours to go sixty miles to be London traffic, and um, 
I got in the office and I said to her before I went out, I said, oh, it feels a bit normal. I've got to be in the office for a bit. I've got a couple of meetings to do with some people. Come home, do the podcast and the football. And I thought, oh, I've nearly forgotten her. And I've got tomorrow off all day with you if you want to go shopping or anything like that. Oh, and she went, that was good. You recovered yourself very well. So, yeah, you do need to get those brownie points, boys and girls. A man who thinks he wears a trousers in a relationship is a I don't. I don't. I I wear the trousers in my house and my outfits. Just checking she's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to have to take the takeaway tonight. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, take away two nice running Trev, you yeah there's enough take away um, with me son <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gone down that road no, do not do not cross that barrier uh, guys um, yeah uh, I, I'm trousers uh, I wear the trousers but my wife just chooses which ones I wear each day um, <laughs> shout out to Big Steve who's me <laughs> yeah um uh, shout out to Big Steve, who's recovering from his operation. Hope you're feeling well, mate. Nice to have you in the chat. Go on, Steve. On soon. Uh, just keep going. It's Get all about well. head as well as anything else. So just, just keep it in there, guys. Uh, as I said, you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Uh, looking forward to hearing and seeing the pictures from the guys doing what they do tomorrow uh, down around the stadium. Sing up, sing proud for the Arsenal uh, and tell them what you think. Uh, but also tell those players that you want to go out and uh, have a proper result um, tomorrow. Um, if you like what we do, we, we are five in this case, genuine Arsenal fans, even a Yank. Um, genuine Arsenal fans here. We're not in it for clicks and everything else, but we are to a certain degree. Uh, we'd like you to click on and follow us uh, so you can see more of us each week because it literally is. We sit here, I open a beer and we have a chat and uh, me and Trev normally rip seven bells out of us. Tony's generally in the chat gone. Pinky and Perky are at it again. Uh, our, our mics in abusing me in the chat and Mem jumps in and then I talk about this all week to Mem as well. So this is just <laughs> what we do all week. So you are a very suitable you, very co- you are a very suitable custodian for this podcast. Okay. Am I why because I drink? Why is that? <laughs> Qualify that. No, you just, you know, when it comes to custodianship, you you know, I, I was making a cronky reference, but it's okay. okay. Let's just move on. Okay. It was a compliment. Yeah, levels, levels. Yeah. It's levels. That's what I thought. It, I thought it was a compliment too, Mike. It was. Thank Anyone see that tumbleweed go past? <laughs> yeah. It, apparently, humour doesn't travel across the pond. Only one last thing to say, people. Up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Yeehaw! Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Live, Trev. We're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Why are we still alive, Ferg? Up the Arsenal. Look what's on the screen. Um, Look what's Arsenal. on the screen. What's going on, Up fella? The Arsenal. Love Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Love Arsenal.